Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast. I am your host, Akikita Onimaru, a.k.a. Trevor Cuba. I'm joined with my co-host today. My name is Zaragus, the Haughty Magistrate. And, and we have a special guest. Denbar, <laughs> a.k.a. Steelfer. Not exactly a host of this podcast, but, you know. Anymore. Hello? This is true. Legacy. Do I get a ring? Do I get, like, a legacy ring? Oh, sure, absolutely. That'll I'll make fun. one of those right up to you. It's going to be plastic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I got a twist eye here somewhere. So listeners might be wondering, why is uh, Finbar back this week? Uh, as we did last week, uh, I did a quick interview with uh, Joel of talking about the Discord League. And I wanted to, you know, we're going to do some more things. We're going to talk about, like, individual members of the community. Uh, I brought, I wanted to reach out to Finbar because he's been doing some great work on YouTube lately. And it gives because... Uh, well, Finbar, I could, why don't you just tell us yourself about the benefits of YouTube versus this podcast that you left me for? I mean, the, the simple benefit is that I don't have to record with Americans, well. which I don't mean in a racial way. I just mean in terms of <laughs> we're recording this podcast at 10 o'clock at night. I, I recorded a YouTube video at like lunchtime today. I love it. I didn't take it as a racial wow. way until you brought it up. <laughs> no, but I, I just mean like... The real problem with this podcast wasn't the content or doing it. It was just the fact that we always ended up recording at like 11 o'clock my time on like a Saturday or Sunday night when realistically I wanted to be in bed. Um, And that was the only problem. Whereas Mm. with YouTube, I turn on the camera, the microphone's built into the camera, I record a video for 15 minutes and I do it on my own schedule whenever I get an idea for a video, which is just a lot easier to, to get on with, you know? Absolutely, yeah. We've we've talked about this before, so yeah, I understand. But yeah, I mean, you know, why, I know because no. I apologized and explained. Um, I didn't want you to feel stilted when I started releasing content without you. Um, no, I just have this big dragon-shaped hole in my heart that will never be filled. I mean, you've got a phoenix. <laughs> I mean, he only has one sword. Not... I need I need that two sword action. Well. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Phoenix, excuse me, do not pigeonhole me, sir. Do not pigeonhole me. (laughs) I've been playing Phoenix. I won my sword championship with Scorpion, and I am a loyal unicorn, and I bleed purple, sir. I lost at least three swords. Oh, you won a sword championship with Scorpion. Like, that's hard. Okay, here we go. Sorry. He can have as many swords as he wants, okay? We're not here to judge anyone for any amount of swords that they may or may not have want to play with or enjoy on a regular basis, right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, dragon, dragon. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid doing any dragon-specific content as well, which is a nice change. Okay, well, with um, with you, God, it's just been crane talk all day, every day on this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, pretty much. Okay. And crane, no, 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 it's not even crane talk, it's crane whining. A little bit, a little bit. But anyway, we're getting drastically off topic again. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I was going to bring you on, Finbar, just to talk about your new YouTube series, which just gave me the gist of it. We could touch about it again in a little bit, but as of t- recording today on Friday, uh, Tyler just launched a new format for L5R, the skirmish format, which you have playtested in? Yep. Correct. So, yeah, I figured, like, let's just do a three-way episode and also let the, let the listeners know where you've landed just in case they want to get catch up. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, let's talk, let's do our format, the, the loose chaotic notes that we have. Man, RPG podcast is so much put together than us. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, they, they always work. They have less content, too. They have less uh, furious content and they have more time to prepare. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they ramble less, which is so much so much easier to manage. Um, <laughs> uh, but event dates, let's see, everything's been cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty much, uh, Pretty uh, much uh, yeah. I- including the two, including the, uh, apparently, the cops cancelled the Spanish Cote. Yes, someone mm. showed up last minute and told them not to do it, because yeah. just people were worried, despite the fact they were under the cap, that they were allowed to mm-hmm. be out. Yeah, um, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, you oh, actually, since you've been here, uh, Finbar, you were actually at the Dublin Kotai, weren't you? Yes. Well, please, by all means. Dublin Kotai, which, you know, was supposed to be at a student-run games convention in the university, 
the university was shut. We were told we could still have the space. Then we were told we couldn't have the space. And then two days before the event, we moved it to the gaming shop in Dublin and then ran it with twenty, well, no, with 19 people, which makes it the smallest co-tie in the world. And all of Europe is collectively ashamed of us uh, for that. Um, like even this um, online tournament I'm running on Saturday with two days notice has more players than the Dublin Kotai, so I'm a bit ashamed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think, <laughs> I think the do? one in like um, Anime USA in like California like two or three years ago, I think that one had like 12 or 16 players, so it's not the no, smallest no, 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 that's in still at 20. Oh, still at 20? Okay. I thought we thought the smallest one was 21 <laughs> or 22 in America. Yeah, that yeah. was the Anime Con. That oh. was the Anime Kote. Yeah. And I couldn't even get uh, Hatamoto, unfortunately. I lost out my game for Hatamoto against the Dragon player who did get it. I made loads of mistakes, so he definitely deserved to win, but there was a certain amount of... Yeah, <sighs> well, yeah mistake Your number mistake one, was, was, uh... <laughs> Yeah, seriously, you should have just played Crab. <laughs> no, but if I had played Crab, I would have had to take the Hatamoto off someone else, and he really, really wanted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know... It was just the main reason he was there going late notice was because there were no other crabs going and to do that to him would have been very unfair i think so i was happy to just let him have that i would love to go to a yeah, event but... where there's only like two or three cranes that would be amazing for me <laughs> yeah but as expected uh the event went off without a hitch there weren't enough people to do approving grounds day two lots of promos were given out you know if you win the event you get a prize map for being your hatamoto you get a play map for making top eight. You get a play map for making top two. And you get a play map for winning. So you're just swimming in play mats right now, aren't you? Oh, well, you didn't yeah. win. but <laughs> Oh, I didn't win. Um, I got my play map and I got given a play map from... No, I got given a play map by one of the top eight mm. people because it's the battle for Rokugan. Oh, yeah. Really that is gorgeous. That is like my... Um, okay, uh, shameless... Um, thing but uh, that's like my favorite playmat so that's the playmat I'm, go- I'm probably going to be playing on until they end the game so yeah. I took it to a temple and got it blessed by several monks and um, yeah nice. oh, why not <laughs> Why not? I really like mine I'm going to be using mine as well it's just fantastic so yeah it's like you know what let's just let's just um, let's just uh, you know up the chances of winning when I'm playing on that playmat <laughs> yeah my my own yeah, store not? championship. I had scheduled. We've been scheduling it for a while. I had some people. Uh, Ryan Grant from He Shell Gaming was going to come up and stream. And my uh, super secret prize is I took the those uh, posters that they give out on um, the FFG website for like oh Crab Clan plays here, Scorpion Clan plays here. I made one of those for every clan, and I like mounted it on. I had it printed off on uh, canvas and uh, mounted it on. Um, uh, um, I'm an artist, so I don't know the name. The canvas board, uh, stretch it all across everything. Cost me about three hundred dollars worth of materials. I went over to my old print shop. Uh, I was going to give those out to the top of clan for everything. Yep, I'm just sitting on seven posters or seven paintings right now. <laughs> but they'll be there for whatever we do to the event. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, they did, uh, FFG did went ahead and extend the deadline. It, original deadline was supposed to be the 31st of March, hmm. but they did went ahead and extend a deadline to, like, God knows when. Um, but it, they actually didn't say. But anyway, uh, I think all the store events... championship was already, like, kind of in the air because the, the, the kit that you get says it's fr- you have to run the event between January and the end of March. But yeah. I got mine earlier than most people and i still got mine in like early to mid february so it was already like a impossible timeline to achieve um the you know quote unquote silver lining one could take from this uh pandemic situation we have right now is that um everything's gonna be up in the air there's gonna be a lot of research uh, restructuring but i think everyone's gonna take the time to like reevaluate and restructure how everything's going on so i don't think everyone should be too concerned about strict deadlines i think everything's going to be up in the air so if yeah. everything's chaos nothing's chaos kind of a thing uh, i mean i'm kind of hoping they'll take the time to reevaluate with the new people mm. what they're doing for the season and then sort of make sure the kits are out to everyone and all that sort of stuff because the next european event isn't on the cards until august so well, when did uk game expo get rescheduled to to august that's the that's the yeah. only official uk uh 
a European event that's in the diary at the yeah. moment. So that's probably going to be the next event, unless Origins um, is... Uh, the London uh, Prototype if... may still be able to go ahead in July. We're not really sure. Um, I think it just depends on where we are with the government by then, really. Oh, my God. Did you not see, like, that um, Simon Pegg movie about zombies? Oh, yeah. This is how it starts, dude. This is did how you, it starts. Did you see the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost YouTube video they released a couple of days ago where they redid their Winchester scene, but they changed it to be about the coronavirus? Oh, God. I have not, but that sounds I will, awesome. I will send it to you after we're done recording, <laughs> sir. Uh, speaking of Fantasy Flight... Um, Organized play. We're kind of jumping around a little bit, uh, but it's still kind of uh, in the the caveat of events and dates. Um, we do have we uh, some new OP people representing us these days. In the the start of back when this is issue was just hey, Fancy Flight has not contacted events that were about to go off uh, because and we didn't know at the time, but they had their price shipments delayed due to the coronavirus concerns. Um, soon after, no, they were already printed in the U.S., so it couldn't have been delayed due to coronavirus. Well, I don't know. They're all they're all they're all printed in house in America, even the ones for Europe. So I believe they said that something. The there was a delayed. shipment issue, but like I agree with you, the shipment could have been that great because mm. they eventually just turned around and like hand shipped the the <clears> two events that were coming uh, up this last weekend out to events so they found a way after some pressure i don't want to get too into it uh you could ask sar i had some rather um pointed opinions about the whole situation behold yeah. this pandemic came around and stuff but the moral of the story that i want to get to is that in the ffg explaining and alice walk explaining the situation how we're going to move forward from here they also pointed out we have two new representatives to deal with uh oplay as uh they sort of divided into two teams so alice Watkins and matt holland who traditionally we deal with they are going to be dealing strictly with the mini side of fantasy flights organized play game structure uh for card games lcgs like us uh we have two new hires that they have uh tess keen and josh macy who are now going to be our representatives uh, and answering and fielding any questions and concerns uh, for Fantasy Flight Organ Place play going forward. Right, so now they have some time to sit back, regroup, come up with some new game plans, figure out how we're going to move forward as the world kind of moves forward in these really uncertain times. Now, the next event on the schedule is Origins in June 17th through the 21st, which um, hopefully... You know, the this severe lockdown situation might have passed by now, might not. I have no idea what's going to happen and stuff, but that's the next thing we can look for. And that's going to be, we might be on uh, potentially pack three, if not pack four by then, assuming things go well. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, could be pack. Actually, I think it could be pack four. Pack four could be legal for that. If, if if Pack Four gets out early June, as it's theoretically slated to do, then it would be legal for Origins, assuming that still goes on. And I, I think, and I think Pack Four is one of those things. It's what I think Pack Four is going to be one of those game changers acts. So we'll see what happens. Go go go! All right, every pack is a game changer in Dominion, unless you're Dragon. Um, <laughs> any pack well, that has a rally card in is a game changer. It's pretty big. You don't like yeah. the goose? Um, let's not talk about the goose. <laughs> I Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I'm actually okay, kind of pissed that you guys got the goose. Because uh, with, with, the, with, the, with the province that Phoenix Scott is getting in back to, I want the goose in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, but, like, we have no provinces that flip on reveal. The best you can do with the goose in Dragon is... Uh, Oh, there was a combo. You you buy the goose, they attack Night Raid, and then you play Miyako over it. Okay. And flip Miyako back down. <laughs> and flip uh, the goose, the uh, rally back down. No, 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 right. They attack Night Raid. Okay. Yeah. On your stronghold with like three people, so they discard three cards. Sure. You defend with the goose, then you overlay Shashura Miyako. The goose leaves play. Turns Night Raid face down, the rules say it immediately flips over again mm -hmm. and triggers the on reveal effect again. 
So then they discard another three cards. Okay. <laughs> that is that is the best we have come up with after three months. I mean, it's not going well. It it's something. <laughs> it's better it, than it nothing. Certainly sure. is something. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, I could see it in Phoenix because, you know, you put it under the box and uh, every because all the defenders go, all the attackers go away, all the everyone without fate goes away. Right. And it gets um, put uh, at home is going to be annoying. And then I get to declare defenders if I want to. Yep. And then, you know, I just I just defend with the one one chud when you have no people, when you have no attackers anymore. Annoying. And then, you know, I win the conflict, and then I Miyako the goose away, and then flip it back down. I mean, the characters are still attacking, but aren't they? They should be. No, they um they they come in to play at home. Well, that should be changed. Um, okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. That just sounds like one of those things that maybe wasn't meant to work that way. Um, I don't know. I'll have to check. Uh, it just sounds like they should still be attacking when that province is flipped. You shouldn't get a free turn um, without the attack. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Tyler says. Um, if that was intentional or not, I don't think it was. Yes, but I, don't yes. I, I want Tyler to receive an email about this hyper quarter case jank scenario, and he's just like, you know what? Everything's bad. No, no, no. The jank <laughs> scenario is if the province gets flipped up and flipped down. The not jank scenario is just what happens if the province flips when you're an attacker. Do the attacking guys come into play attacking the conflict? The province. Um, I hear you Which saying. is just going to happen. It's going to happen every time that province gets attacked. Um, and whether it gets you a free turn or not is pretty big. Um, but then I just found out Tranquil Philosopher doesn't need to move fate to gain an honor anymore. Which I didn't know. Yeah. Most of Dragon mm. didn't know. I mean, but apparently when he changed the then wording last November... He changed that as well because it's not conditional anymore. Okay. Hmm. So there you go. I can now gain honor without any fate on the rings. Uh, I, I slow oh, wow. clap to the dragon. I mean, we have several you months get... that you guys could work out your strategies <clears throat> and find the the hidden value of the of the dragon pack and all these cards that are coming out in the in the Dominion, Dominion cycle. So yeah, dragon's got nowhere to go but up in the world, baby. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, moving anyway. along, uh, let's see. So, Skirmish, yeah, uh, a little, Tyler's been hitting for about a month or so, he's got this super exciting new format for L5R, and now, um, he's decided to release it as of this recording day, literally a couple of hours ago, and we're like, hey, we're all online, let's just record something real quick. Uh, so I have not, I just read the rules as they were just posted a couple yeah. hours ago. Uh, Sar, have you looked at it at all, any... I've read the rules, but I th I know you, Finbar. You've been testing this, so let's start yeah. from the top. What is the biggest difference between this and I guess what we're standard, which is now called Stronghold? Um, I mean, the biggest everything basically gets smaller is the is the easiest way to think about this. Um, so rather than having four provinces in a stronghold, you get out to three provinces. Rather than having strongholds at all in the game, you have set fate, set honor. Um, you know, you draw less cards, the bid dials are smaller, um, you get less fate every turn. A lot of the framework effects that new players find difficult have been stripped out, um, and the win conditions are lower as well to match the sort of new scope of the format. And the idea, I mean, the central idea is how do you build a game of L5R that doesn't take an hour and 15 minutes for a round, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That you can play best of three, that you can play three games of in, in 90 minutes or or less even. Um, and then you start off with, and Tyler said he was inspired by the Battle Box format, which was just quick L5R, but he didn't like how inconsistent it was. And he didn't like the fact that you weren't bringing your own deck. So when you're building a skirmish deck, you build it with two of any card um, from your clan um, and you build 30 card decks. So it's smaller as well. And everything sort of spans from that original decision of how do I build uh, a game a game type of L5R which is faster and less like long in terms of the mental energy that it takes, but also in terms of sort of like you know flexibility and things like that without losing the core strategic feel of the game. Absolutely, I've been harping for a while that uh, game length and difficulty to entry is one of the 
biggest barriers this game has. And every time we talk about uh, tournament prep, for, especially for newer players, one of the things I value more than like, oh, you know your deck and know the meta and stuff is the physical toll it will take on you. And there's many stories yeah. that we have of, we actually, when you go to major tournaments and watch them on streams, you ever see like, oh, these are some of the best players that are playing this game right now. And you're watching them make these like horribly botched plays on stream, which is very embarrassing. And then you remember like, oh, these guys are in their like, 12th 13th hour of playing this very mentally taxing game yeah they're just they're they're just fried mentally and it's amazing they're doing as well as they're doing right now so yeah i mean there's one of the biggest consistent pieces of feedback that you get from people trying to learn l5r i've i've got it i'm sure everyone else has got it is that the game is good but you just don't ever a lot of people don't have the energy to get into it because you have to sit down and play an hour-long game your first game is sometimes two hours as you try and learn all the rules and a lot of them, and some of them don't feel intuitive or they feel very tiring. Mm. So that, I mean, and even from consistent, I mean, we've been getting these posts and response to my video all day. Even from people who've played the game for a long time, they're saying after two or three rounds of playing in the main tournament, if I've lost a few times, I don't want to keep going because I'm too tired. And they're leaving to go and play Keyforge pods or they're leaving to do day two Keyforge or whatever. Like, and just not playing more L5R because the game is so mentally stressful. Mm. That's one of the reasons that this makes not only is a new player format, but a very good side event format at Kotai because mm-hmm. you can play it in a more relaxed way. Yeah. Before before even going to anything else about this format, the idea that it's going to be faster and new player friendly, I think is a hundred thousand percent what this game needs right now. So even if this whole thing is a complete failure, the fact that we try to do this, I think is a massive step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. See, um, I like I like the, the shorter format. Like one of the things, like I just tried recently, like teaching the game to somebody, and the guy was an old five R player. He just never really, he just never uh, migrated to new five R because magic. Um, yeah. so I tried showing him, and he was like, like he was watching me and um, and another guy was playing the, the game, and he was just like halfway through round one, he was like, "There's way too many moving parts in this." I know I'll probably like it if I sit down and try it, but there's just way too many moving parts for me to wrap my head around this right now. And I think Skirmish is a good introduction to L5R. Now, my problem is I'm going to have to strip several of my decks and make room for Skirmish because of deck building changes. Yeah. Now, can you tell us a little bit, like, what's the biggest change to deck building in Skirmish? Well, there's no rolls. Uh, so all those Keeper, Seeker, Warder, all those cards are out of the game. Uh, you've no Stronghold, which means you have no influence value. Uh, you get six influence across your deck and your sideboard. You also get a 10-card sideboard, which you can use to change your deck in between rounds. Um, and aside from that, everything else is the same. You get two of any card rather than three, because if you have three of any card in the 30-card format, you just play your 10 best cards. This makes yep. you play at least 15 um and that's it really there's a different ban list which covers a few more um cards that sort of are too powerful in this format like alibi artist which starts the game turned on um yeah which is just not Ta- which is just too powerful really tadaka has been Wait, freed I, I, from his jade prison on this ban yes! list. yes <laughs> yeah but tadaka's not as powerful as he was in a there's three a few card reasons why yeah. tadaka isn't as powerful the first reason is two of any card means that Right. He's a lot less powerful. The second reason is that five-cost characters in this format are a lot harder to get on the board and be happy with. Um, you, you only get six fate a turn. There's no fate on the rings, and there's no passing fate. So that six fate that you get is all that you have to play spells, to play attachments, to buy characters. If you spend all of it, turn one on Tadaka, and your opponent buys two characters, you're probably going to lose a province. And then suddenly your tempo is gone because you don't have the fate for against the waves or anything like that. Um, we'll talk a bit more about that tempo and fate loss in a second. I think that'll be interesting. Um, in terms of the deck building rules, I think that is everything. The splash splashes don't change, just the six influence um, and the new ban list. Yeah, the main thing that I think will catch people out is that your influence is shared between your deck and your sideboard. So you can't have you know, six more influence of cards on your sideboard and then switch out the influence cards. Right. It's, it's six for the total. 
See, I think this is also gonna is also gonna like um change the nature of holdings and change the value of holdings. Like mm -hmm. as much as I would love, you know, to see two um you know forgotten libraries when I have four provinces, that's fine for me, right? But when mm -hmm. I have three provinces, that's actually horrible for me. One, maybe two, even one forgotten library is may maybe one too many for me. Yeah. And there is another thing as well, which is interesting, which is that cards don't discard from broken provinces at the end of a turn. Right. So you're holding, if you do get a forgotten library there, you could actually keep it on a broken province the entire game. Yeah. And I think I actually kind of like that, although it takes some, um, you know, like my when I break a province, usually I, I, I can still I can, if I if I break a province, I can still tell my opponent, get rid of that card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. turn. But if he flips the holding there the next turn, he can leave it. Right. Um, it's not particularly that impactful, because as you say, you've only got three provinces. You don't always want them clogged up with a holding. Yeah. Um, especially if you know you've got other holdings in the deck. But sometimes it can be impactful um it was a bit of a debated thing uh, a lot of people were in favor of it not being there um but in the end it was seen as a reasonably uh, a simplification change and you know a reasonably good thing to do it is one thing i'm watching to see if it causes any negative play experiences but i think it's going to be all right because of the um because of how much you need to get stuff to flip in your provinces to get a good 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 characters and stuff yeah, the overall yeah, economy I... of being smaller is very interesting because one yeah. of the first things I notice is honor. So everyone starts with six honor. Uh, if yep. a player drops to zero, they lose. If a player gets up to 12, they win. So now yep. honor is on par with dishonor, potentially more yeah. on, par, uh, on par, depending on how things go. But also all the smaller honor exchanges, like from the honor dial, is worth a lot more the, right now. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things and the honor dial is also smaller to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. You can only bid one through three. Uh, it still yeah. works the same otherwise. And even things like, um, like yeah, if I just if I bid one and you bid three, that's two honor. That's like what thirty plus percent of my honor victory going yeah. both ways. That's pretty big. Yeah. And this game doesn't usually go beyond turn three or four. So, you know. You're only ever really three turns away from winning. If they've been three to one three times, you've won. Um, but if you if you lose three provinces, you've also lost. So three attacks, you could lose the game. And that's kind of important yeah. in terms of the win conditions. They feel quite balanced because if you get three turns where you gain two honor, you win the game. And if you get um you know, if you get three provinces where you lose it, it's quite important as well. Uh, so you're on the playtest. How have the dedicated honor slash dishonor decks work? Like, so obviously, if no stronghold, we don't have city open hand uh, yeah. around. Uh, is Scorpion still dishonoring people consistently? And all yeah. the the uh, the honor decks that don't work in normal stronghold format are they, they actually do have work in normal stronghold format? But that's another discussion. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I mean, the Dublin Kota was won by a lion honor deck who also came top four. At <clears throat> Um, at uh, Milton Keynes Grand Co uh, Championship with 86 people. That yeah. deck is there. Anyone who thinks that Honor deck isn't there is, is No, sleeping. you're right. Honor deck is there. It's, uh, it, you, the thing, the thing, here's the thing with Honor decks. You kind of don't see it coming. You you really well, don't no. see it coming. <laughs> it's you're like going to he, he's splashing Festival of the Fortunes, <clears throat> but it's not that deck. Go take a look at the deck he's running. It's Scorpion Splash. Um, oh, I know. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. you kind of really don't see that that deck is coming because yeah. you the, and the moment you see that it's a it's an honor deck, it's the moment where he starts, you know, uh, gain an ungodly amount of honor. And then all well, of a sudden no, he you're... just has he has incremental small honor gain effects and they all add up. It's not, yeah. it's not an explosive deck. It just slowly starts to chink. Well, uh, How do those decks work in Skirmish? They work very well. Yeah. They do genuinely work very well. Yeah, you so, don't have to gain that much honor. So I got a question also on deck building here. I see the ban list. Is the restricted list the same as it is in Stronghold? There's no restricted list. No restricted list. So no. I can do Forge Edict and Fate Worse Than Death. You can, but if you could afford to pay for Fate Worse Than Death, then... A fair play to you um because it's four fate that's quite a lot that's um 
two thirds of your fate. bait production for an entire turn. All I do is buy a um, Bayushi Liar and pass. Yeah, that's fine. Then you can't defend a military conflict, so you lose a province. Uh, I'm okay with display of power. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, display of power is still a problematic card, but you can only win two of them. Um, yes, that should be enough. No, no, display of power is a problematic card in every format of this game. Um, I really don't like it. Except um, enlightenment, it's banned enlightenment. Yeah, but there's a reason that I don't like display of power, which kind of ties back into the skirmish <clears> format. <throat> One of the things that's really good about skirmish is that because you've gotten rid of these really punishing province lineups, the feeling of worrying about attacking for the sake of attacking is kind of gone. Um, you worry about attacking in terms of how well am I going to be able to defend in terms of tempo. Because remember, each province is only three strength and has no ability. So if you lose a province and your opponent can take one from you every turn, they win in three turns. So if you buy one guy and I buy two guys, I can defend your attack and break your province, right? And then I'm ahead in tempo, right? And then if I get ahead in tempo, all I have to do is take one province a turn, even if I lose a province to you, and I'm still winning the game. So if you buy a liar and pass, and I buy two guys, then, you know, you have to choose, is that fate worse than death going to save your province or break mine? And if, you know, th that's a difficult decision, okay, because I'll be defending, you know. So it's not it's not so black and white. Um, control tools that cost a lot of fate actually come down in power a bit. Um, display of power is still the anomaly because it's still the card that makes you feel bad for attacking, which is why I personally feel like it should have been banned um, in this format at least. Um, because you want to get rid of that feeling for new players about having that negative attack. You know, I don't want to attack because I'm worried about X. Beyond just the strategic decision of I don't want to attack now because I'm worried about defending. It's different. So as a as a crane, I've got to ask a question. I actually didn't even ask the question to you. What I did is I went on and asked, I reached out to uh, Tyler a bit on Crane Chat, who, as anyone who doesn't know, anytime a major event happens on about L5R, Tyler and most of the other FFG people tend to lurk around the Discord and they can be at, poked around for questions. So I just asked him, uh, with the, so dueling rules have changed in skirmish yep. for, for this, this format specifically. And I asked him as a lifelong crane player, it's an interesting dynamic where we're always at this crux of this dueling thing where dueling is an iconic part of the setting and integral part of the rules, but people either love it or hate it. It can never seem to be balanced. Like it's either that, and it always defaults to like that cr thing that crane players do to you. And so I reached out to him and he responded <laughs> with this. I'm going to read it verbatim real quick. It says, Too Long Didn't Read. Uh, to improve dueling, uh, he's, by the way, that Too Long Didn't Read is just like, he's telling me he's going to give me a, sh he's giving me a short answer right now. He's not <laughs> blowing off my question. <laughs> but but um, to uh, improve dueling, you do one of two things. Make a mini game or remove it entirely and make a dual character a flavor way to compare skill values like Lions Pride Brawler. And I want it to be a mini game. To be a mini, to be a mini game, the bids need to be the deciding factor with everything else being extra minor bonus. Um, he mentions uh, it was his local dragon player who came up with this uh, idea. Um, I tested it extensively for Stronghold format and all my feedback was evenly split. It's either this is way more fun and we love it versus this makes all duels unplayably bad, uh, nerfs crane and dragon to the ground. It was uh, so decisive that I elected not to bring it into stronghold format. It fits skirmish perfectly though. Uh, Finbar, how do you feel about how duels work uh, in this format? Uh, Julie is the one system. I mean, I've tried a bit, but not amazingly so. Um, Essentially, it is a good change, and the reason it is is that it allows smaller statted duelists to take on bigger characters, mm. but it also doesn't stop the bigger characters from winning the duel every time they like. Um, it's quite an interesting change in that if we've both been won, I still win the duel if I've got more stats, uh, but if my opponent really cares, they can chuck a three down, and ultimately it works in Skirmish because the dials are smaller, um, and the maximum honor that's going to switch hand is two. And like, for instance, for example, if I want to tie a duel and I'm losing, I can chuck a two and maybe give you one honor. And then if you just bid one, it's a tie if you've got higher stats. So it kind of balances out. 
I do think it's quite a fun, uh, as he says, a mini game. It does effectively remove bully dueling, but it doesn't mean that the character who has more stats invested in it is weaker. He can still win every single duel if he wants to, mm-hmm. if he's willing to spend the fate. Yeah, well, the tire honor values, it, it, the value exchange is a lot more prevalent. So if I have like a duel, or, like I've got my big, strong Toshimoku or whoever, and I need to win this duel, and I've got my uh, strength advantage, so that's what we're doing military, and I've got higher military, so I'm going to get plus one at the end of it, I'm going to be able to easily say three, put it down, uh, you put down your three, I got plus one, I'm going to win this duel, so I know I won the duel that I need to duel. I lose two honor, so that's I lose two, you gain two, so that's like a, uh, what, a 30% swing both ways for victory condition. Not enough to end the game, so my big duel, I can assuredly win if I really need to. My little duels, I'm not going to sit here and throw three policy debates at you because I can't guarantee I'm going to win all of them. And so, sooner or later, you're just going to be like, you know what, three honor is worth me not losing a card right now, especially with a smaller card pool. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and I think it comes down to a lot of time it comes down to sort of that decision as to whether you want to win the minigame but it does give you scope to not have to shove loads of attachments on your character just to win that minigame which I think is a pleasant change yeah, I like yeah, the, the the idea that I can I can ignore the honor aspect f- once, maybe twice. I can't just keep ignoring the honor exchange. Like I sometimes do with like we're currently with dueling. I will sometimes I I will hammer three or I'll hammer five, whatever I need to win a duel. I guess it's versus clans that don't have any honor gain slash honor uh, sucking abilities. Sure, I'll take myself all the way down to one honor sometimes. What are they going to do about it? Nothing. Now, I gotta think about it. Yeah. This is very easy for your opponent to jump up the last few points of honor. But the air ring is changed, so it's not like you can just take air three times and win. Uh, but it is easy to get those last few points, especially if you're playing against Lion or like Scorpion, who have those tools to get a few bumps either way. So you're overall optimistic with this uh, change, right? This whole format thing. Uh, what's some of the feedback that you've had? If you could tell us internally with your playtest cycle, were, were there some outliers? Were there people in a corner grumbling? Like, I don't think you should go out like this. People have said they don't like it because it takes away from the main strategic format of the game. Mm. Uh, you can't get that slow economic benefit over a long period of time. Um I personally think that if you have a player with more skill, they will consistently win the best out of three matchup, and they will get that economic and card advantage the same way, but just over two games or three games instead of one. Mm. I think if you're consistently using your money better, spending your cards better, that will show out in the long run over three games, whereas previously it would only show out in one. What it does change is that if you get like a really bad flip in the first game and that puts you behind from the start in the second game you can come back with a good flip and suddenly things are changing around right yeah the feedback we've had just let me just finish on the feedback bit sure sure sure. um feedback we've had from some of the playtest group is we had some of the people in the playtest group who'd stopped playing l5r as much because they were fed up of how long it took to play a game who actively came back to play skirmish because they could just fire up, play two games, and it would only take an hour or less. Um, the feedback has very much been that it's a lot less mentally taxing, that it still keeps a lot of the strategic crunchiness of L5R in terms of every conflict card matters because you're only drawing three a turn, uh, every fate matters because you just get a lot less of it. There's still there's a lot of crunchiness, and the numbers of everything are reduced. Like your three cost, your three strength character can break any province in the game. So, you know ultimately three strength is all you need in an attack to win and that changes everything um so the feedback in terms of how it feels to play for a long period of time uh, with the breaks in between games and stuff like that is that it's miles different and it still feels quite strategic so yeah people were very positive okay. the only thing i was going to say was that uh what referencing to new players uh there's something to be said about so if you're an experienced card game player uh, everyone knows that, you know, RNG happens and sometimes, especially in these quicker games, uh, you can just accidentally win or just bumble your way into a, a mm. victory very easily in some of those other games. Uh, not so much in L5R. 
uh, which if you're a hyper competitive player, you'd recognize the situation going on. But if you're like, not necessarily a hyper just new to this game or just new to guitar games in general, those like accidental wins are really integral to generating a positive feeling in a player. Like, oh, look, hey, I did some things that I won. You don't re necessarily realize that like, oh, it was mostly luck while you won just now. But you take that positive feeling going forward, it makes you want to play more. L5R, as it is right now in the tradition in the stronghold version of the game can be like, Oh, Hey, let's pay for two hours. I don't know what I'm doing at any given time. And I just lose horribly, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go and say that luck is a much bigger proponent in the skirmish format than it is in the main format. I don't think that's true, but I think given you take away a lot of the places where players usually stumble in terms of only having one conflict a turn, so you don't have to plan out your second conflict and resources for that, in terms of things like unopposed on a loss, which people always forget, and things like that. Um, and it, like slightly weaker rings as well, so if you lose one, it doesn't matter as much. All of these things sort of help that that gradient in terms of learning curve for a new player as well. Mm -hmm. And less cards, of course, because big hand sizes are a huge thing, an obstacle to new players learning the game, because their opponent has 15 cards in their hand, and an answer to everything they do, which is an oppressive feeling. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that you, you said that so far the game still feels the way. Now, you're also someone who has played the older version. Now, there's something to be said, like, so we went from L5, the old L5R to this version. Something was definitely lost. I think mo oh, on whole, most of the changes were for the better. But you could still say, like, this new version of L5R is definitely a a fundamentally different game than it used to be. This one oh, yeah. seems to be taking a bit more. Is it going a bit more in a positive way in relation to, to like the legacy of L5R? Because, you know, don't, don't mistake me. Currently, the game that we have right now takes too long, too hard to get into, hard rules. I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, is this too fast? Is this too easy? Uh, are we losing some, you know, some that's, that essential soul of what L5R used to be. Or our old players like me just have their heads completely up their own butts and they've got this nostalgia goggles or, and should I just discard that notion altogether, which is absolutely an opinion on the table. The old game had its charm in how crunchy each conflict felt. When you lost it, your people died. You felt like you were playing for everything, every fight, because you wanted to keep your people alive. Yeah. But <laughs> in many aspects, it, you were playing for everything because you lost one yeah. conflict. Your game was over. <laughs> Pretty well, much. Exactly, and that's the point. So if you go back to the old game, and I have played it recently, things like gold screw happened a mm -hmm. lot. Things like losing critical conflicts because your opponent won by one and suddenly you, you're out of the game. Those sorts of things led themselves to a very crunchy game, but they didn't lend themselves to a game that, I say, always rewarded the best player. They kind of led themselves to a game that rewarded the person who had the the luck of that one card that you drew that turn yeah. that kind of did that. The main features for me of L5R are important conflicts, um, thematic characters, and then the setting. I don't really care what mechanics get the setting across. The provinces are important, of course, but um, and the two-deck system for me are the two main things, but essentially the idea that I'm going to attack with this magic monk and he's going to punch a bit is all I need for it to be L5R. Yeah. And I think this game, this version of it, captures that as well as the new format that FFG developed did. Um, you know, I think they're on par. I think the difference is just how fast the games are and how many cards you get to play in one turn. I think they still feel the same, just one is faster. Hmm. I mean, I'm gonna have to uh, to play it for myself. Me and Sar talk about this. We've all we've just recently skimmed through the rules and are getting all this raw. So we have no idea what to say. My first right. glance, I think some other people online are noticing, like, mm, it's feeling a bit uh, magicy, you know, for good or ill. So really? I have a uh, that's the, that's the impression I've gotten. But uh, I'd have to I'd have to play it at least one time, <laughs> you know, to see if I my mean, uh, uh, my. My first view is anything to be indicator of. It's two days. I mean, it's conflict uh, and dynasty, and it's characters. It's yeah. never gonna be magic. It's very no. I, the only the closest thing this thing's gonna be to magic is three games and sideboard. That's yeah, exactly. What, that's the only thing this thing has similar to magic. But I, I mean, a lot of people have good things to borrow from magic. Yeah. Well. Oh, I, I completely agree. It's like I, I've talked to, I've talked so many times. It's like. 
um, how, you know, in Kotai's or tournaments, like, okay, my deck is tuned this way to handle this specific threat, but my yeah. next opponent, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to need any of these cards. Like if I'm in this, like the Scorpion Mirror, oh my God, the Scorpion Mirror, like, do I am I gonna I, I can't use Way to Scorpion at all in the Scorpion Mirror, right? Yep, switch three of them out, put something else in. S- switch them out. Do I, I need something else, right? So yep. that's uh in that's like uh the the big thing for I me. Remember that a ten card sideboard when you've got two of any card of a deck, that's five cards you can change from yeah. the dynasty or your conflict. That's um I mean we could do the math, that's you can change a sixth of your deck in between game one and game two. Mm-hmm. The, the sideboards do really excite me. It was one of the reasons why I'm happy about this, because even if Skirmish turns out to be an absolute failure, which I'm not saying it's going to be, I have no indication oh. to say it will, well, but let's say it unfortunately, does. Unfortunately, given when it's launched, it may unfortunately be on the back burner for a while, because we can't actually play it. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> here, here. this is what I'm hoping, okay? This is what I'm hoping, and... This is what I'm going to do. What because I, you know, what as um as as much of a player as I am, I remember I also judge and I also to a lot of North American events, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can, um, working with Yeti at when the Cotes finally get back up to try to integrate more of the skirmish formats into yeah. into the into the Cotes, whether. If I can, I will definitely make Proving Ground skirmish, if I can. And, of course, that's yeah. entirely up to if FFG wants to give me that blessing. But I would be, I would love to be able to do that. And if you were Cotes. going to do that, we are currently talking to Tyler about what his plans are for promo support for that event. Because in London, we have designed our own kit to be played with as a local skirmish uh, right. format kit, uh, which I'll share with you after the show. But basically, it's... It's a stronghold that reminds you of what the influence of the fate and stuff is. So you can put something down that's part of your clan. It's province tokens. It's a favor token that counts both skills. Stuff like that. It mm-hmm. looks really nice. And we're trying to figure out what the best way to get that to people's hands are. We may have to make uh, one that doesn't use any of FFG's art, basically. Um, we're just trying to sort out how that works, basically. But we, we, we in London, we've we tried this. A lot of our team are on the playtest. We really like this. Um, we were really keen. We scheduled our first event in April, and we've been planning on how we can get more people, stuff that makes them excited to play uh, Skirmish. Especially because right. it's a side event format. It doesn't really seem like FFG will support it with promos and things like well, that. You um, never know. You never know. Because remember, like, Reversal is a format in... okay. In Keyforge, okay. So, what you, if you if anyone has never played Keyforge before, reversal mm-hmm. is where you take your worst deck, your opponent take their mm-hmm. worst deck, and you swap and you play each other's deck. Mm-hmm. So that's an actual format, and that's an actual format that they do use in Vault Wars. It is. It's true. So if that can be a format where you are intentionally using your worst deck <laughs> and you're bringing it. To uh, to a vault tour and hoping you could win with it and you and hoping you could win with your opponent's equally worse deck, you know then that's uh, I I don't see why this can't be a Kote format. Well, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> the the way the Keyforge limits the deck construction plays a big like how to determine what a worse deck is, but like. Oh no! You had some really bad decks in Keyforge. Like it's like it, why am why is this card even in here? Why did Brad even okay Brad uh, Brad Andres um yeah why did Brad even make this card? <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, there is no reason that this could not be a Kotai format. I think I think the initial response from a lot of the community is I really like how complicated L5R is. I don't want to lose that. But in my mind, the second you start talking in terms of best of three games. In terms of sideboarding, there is a level of complexity that is added by those features that rewards player skill as much as a longer game does. Oh, absolutely. And I think that we could definitely see skirmish format as a big event format. And in fact, so one of the things that's currently being discussed is whether or not there'll be a Jigoku um, version of this. I hope so. Essentially, the devs have said that it's not, it's about the same amount of effort as implementing an entire pack. So they can do it. They know how to, roughly. It's just about whether or not they want to. And also, like, whenever they do a pack, 
they'll be able to copy the card data to both of them because it's a fork. So they may actually make a skirmish Jigoku, and I will commit to say that the second that they do, I will run an online skirmish tournament. The same way that I'm running an online tournament tomorrow um, at 10 a.m. UK time for... This is tomorrow when we're recording, so it'll probably already have happened. Um, right. With 25 people, I think, is how many have signed up so far. So, nice. yeah, that's going to be fun. Cool, cool, cool. With two days notice as well, so oh, that's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, no, uh, I would love to see this as a Kote format. Um, I just, I, I just, look, I, I, I love, I have said many times over that reason, one reason why I love this incarnation of L5R is just because how freaking crunchy it is, how much decision points there is yeah. to, yeah. to make exactly. with it. But at the same time, it's like, I, I, I can totally see in the skirmish format, you know, how I can get that much, that, that strategy kick mm -hmm. As well, because look, and going back to my analogy, the Scorpion mirror match, way the Scorpion is dead, right? But yeah. if I'm but if I'm seeing that you're actually playing a lot of Imperial neutral characters, Way the Scorpion exactly. may not be dead for me. I have to be able to I think this strategy comes into less mm. reading the clan, but more reading the deck and reading the player. Yeah. Which I think is a lot harder. Also, like, you do have the number of, like, conflict opportunities to take strategy decisions, right? Yeah. But you're also reducing the number of cards, which means every single one of those cards that you spend out of the six, you might, three you might draw in a turn. So six turn one maximum, assuming your opponent isn't bidding one and just taking two on or being like... Because um, remember that if you only, if it's if it's not nine cards to four, if it's uh, six cards to four, as in you bid three and they bid one, but they go to eight honor, suddenly bidding one is a lot more viable, right? Mm -hmm. So to get that honor win in. So if you do that, you've only got four cards, you've only got six cards, you've only got one conflict, one conflict to defend. Suddenly each of these cards, every fate you spend becomes that much more important. Did I buy one character with a fade on? Did I buy two characters? Yeah. Um, Water Ring can now bow someone with one fade on. So do I yep. do I put two fade on this character? Um, do I assassinate that character with two fade on? Because it's a huge swing, even though I lose three honor and I'm down to three honor. Like, oh man, the the, the assassination three honor is such a big hit now. That's oh like, yeah, but <laughs> if you're playing a game where someone's bought two characters, one has one fade on and one has two fade on as a two fade character. Mm that's that's over two-thirds of their turn that's um three quarters mm -hmm. of their pi buying power for an entire turn is gone yeah so yeah that's this is just like a lot of things that you know look deck building is going to change with this format absolutely yeah. um i mean the biggest one is that we can only have two cards of anything i think yeah. i think but the standard's going to be a 30 30 deck I think people may push it yeah. to 35 but i think people still want consistency Right? Yeah, I think you play 30-30. And I just think you have to, like, the, the fate cost of the, the conflict deck comes way down. Oh, and yeah. the fate cost of a dynasty deck comes down as well. Like, one of the best cards that Dragon have in this format for my testing is Volcanic Troll. Um, because in the main game, are with Volcanic kidding? Troll, the odds of the firing being taken are quite high because there's four conflicts in a turn. But if there's only two, one of you has to take fire. So if I attack with my troll, he's going to be a five-five, or if I if I if I don't attack on fire and you don't want to take fire because he's got zero glory, then suddenly my troll is still a five-five, right? It changes oh. the way you think about a lot of cards. Uh, yeah. This truly is the end times if we're living if we're entering a glorious new volcanic troll meta environment. Oh my god! <laughs> well, the god. best brain deck I've tested against so far is a is a hand destruction deck. Uh, honestly, when you only start with three cards and you can only get three more cards, yeah, hand destruction is freaking insane. My my feedback personally was that um, uh, spies at court is too powerful uh, because if you win a political conflict with spies at court and letter to a daimyo in your hand, you can discard two thirds of the cards that opponent has drawn. And if you do a paragon of oh grace or that new one who discards one card, um, you can get rid of five or six cards in a turn. You can ditch their entire hand. Oh wow! And then you're just playing on conf on um, on dynasty character abilities, which is is fine, but you know mm. that is quite powerful. So that is insanely powerful, and I'm you know what? That's my uh, that's going to be my skirmish deck. It's going to be Crane. 
Okay. Uh, fifth part, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I still want to mention it briefly. Hit me once more. Tell us about your YouTube series. Well, I don't really have a YouTube series. I've just started doing more content through Twitch whenever I get a good idea, basically. Uh, so this skirmish series I've done because I knew it was coming out and I wanted to build up some hype for it on the day. I recently did a video about how to just play on Jigoku because people have been asking me questions about that. Um, I did another video about this tournament I'm running tomorrow. And then I've just done a few other videos just as I've seen questions come up or if I've seen, like, for example, I'm trying to do reactive videos to FFG news, to packs and things like that that come out um, just when they come out. All right, so let's wrap this podcast up. Going for a little while. Finbar, it's great to have you back, man. I miss you. <laughs> I said, no, right. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> Longing for your voice. <laughs> you, you yeah. did, you've destructed the, the, the court games, one crane, one dragon meta. Am I the Angelica Skyler to your, uh, to Sars Eliza? I mean, I'll say yes, because I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. I but okay. really have I no idea so. what you're talking about either. <laughs> Do you not get what I'm talking about? Have you neither of you seen Hamilton? Actually, no. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I thought you would get it. So I, yeah, yeah, now I do, but it's like because mm, in the musical no. he's married to the sister, but he's secretly longing for the other sister, and he keeps yeah, writing her racy no. letters with uh, interesting punctuation. No, no, no. Nope. It's like more I'm of <laughs> you're more like I'm the Phantom, Trevor's Christine, and you're that Weasley boy Raoul. But she wants Raul. This, <laughs> Only she, gets, she, she thinks. She gets Raul. No, she gets Raul in <laughs> no, the end. This podcast is devolving yes. deeply into and Broadway meta. Did you not see? Did you not see the sequel? No. She pines for the Phantom. Eh, whatever. I, there shouldn't I, be a sequel to that. I heard that. Yeah, you're right. There the shouldn't have been a sequel. Had their buttholes edited out. <laughs> Let's oh, not talk God. about that movie. <laughs> I'm not no, that. let's not talk about cats, and let's not talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber anymore. <laughs> this is no, our. This they is are our, making a Hamilton movie, which is, is going to be awesome. This is our rambling closing section. The thing that I'm more excited about is the In the Heights movie. Oh my god! I Ooh, you do you do not understand? You do not understand how much I have seen, how many times I have seen that trailer ever since it was released. Like it's up into the four figures that, now. Yeah. Oh my god, I love the musical. I love, love, love the music. It's good. freaking I'm, amazing. I'm going to I'm going to sleep now. I'm going to go outside and catch the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm going to right? just to, to abandon this conversation. Um, no, I'm going to sing to you in your sleep, Trevor. Oh no, I'm going to come yes. to you in your dreams. In the, heights, the tables have turned. If you if you don't want to hear about musicals, you should check out our sister podcast, the Court Games RPG Podcast, which has all of their ducks in a row, unlike that we do over here at the LCG Podcast. Uh, also, uh, check out Seabass's uh, new website courtgamespod.com where they're actively i say they because my project is i should have it wrapped up this weekend hopefully but uh yet we are posting information there it is a great resource to learn about l5r uh various community uh create content creators are posting different facets if you like rpg stuff story stuff card game stuff a lot of things being posted there daily so check it out uh, if you're not a uh, Patreon, please consider, consider taking out our Patreon. It goes to support this podcast or sister podcast, the aforementioned website, and also Seabass's uh, monthly giveaway, which I have yet to win. So clearly, being a host on this podcast gives no advantage whatsoever. No, nope, hey, absolutely not. I give my money all the same. <sighs> we need more favoritism. Why can't we be more like the U.S. government? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyway, uh... $2,000 to buy Alpha of our products. Right. So, any shout outs? Oh, no. Any shout outs for you, uh, Finbar? I was just going to say thank you for having me back. Of course, if people want more content from me, uh, my lovely British voice, which I've been getting a lot of positive feedback on, uh, you can find me on YouTube at Steelfur, or you can find me on uh, Twitch at Steelfur Live, because Steelfur was taken, the bastard. Um, and of course, I'm just on the Discord hanging around, so feel free to ping me if you've got any ideas for content uh, that you want to do or you want to hear about, things like that. Oh, okay, will do. And Trevor, any shout-outs from you? I have a big shout-out to my favorite judge, Judge Gabranth from Final Fantasy XII. Really? Him? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was a dick. 
I mean, they all are. But, you know, that scene with that that CG movie where they're just all walking in a row right towards the camera. It's so awesome. They redid it in Final yeah, Fantasy XIV. It really, it really was. It really, really was. Also, <laughs> controversial statement, but Final Fantasy Uh-oh. XII had the best theme song. Um, it had a theme song? Kiss, yeah, Kiss Me Goodbye. Uh, well, that's how memorable it was. I did not know it existed. Okay, you, you knew Final Fantasy VIII had a theme song too, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Final Fantasy X has the best theme song of any Final Fantasy. No, no, no. Twelve I, had the best yeah. theme song. Well, no. Kiss Me Don't Goodbye. Know what the 12 one was. Kiss Me Goodbye! Now, Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, Heaven Sword, right? Ah, uh, fine. Which is the just, dragon. Eh. And he's just there. That's a good song. I'm gonna go listen to that song now. Look, honestly, the best, the best, the best boss fight music in Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VI. Anyway, um, oh, oh, you shut your mouth. Anyway, anyway, well, I'm, shout I'm out. Young. I don't play is there, these old is, bad games. is there nothing we can agree on this one? I mean, no, I there's like, nothing. Absolutely great, not. I can't deal with the fact that you plebes can't recognize the beauty that is Final Fantasy IV. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>